Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Wheel Talk podcast. I am Abby Mickey, and I am joined by Lauren Rowney. Good evening, everyone. Actually, now it was a late finish today. It was. It was a late finish. I mean, we did we did have a special guest on this this episode, and she will be on in a minute. We're just get doing a little intro, get a little busy stuff out. Oh man, you know what I just realized? We forgot to ask Ellen what she's obsessed with lately. Damn it. Uh, baby stuff, clearly. Big mistake. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, we had we had Ellen Van Dyke on the podcast today and we did a live viewing of the finale of Ghent Wevelgem on the Discord, the Escape Collective Discord. We had a blast. So that's what you're about to listen to. But Lauren and I are here to intro the podcast. It was really, really fun. Like, um, I guess everyone who had the privilege of chatting with Ellen in the chat box on Discord, that was really cool. So all the listeners, like if they had any questions, you could directly speak to her. Um, and, you know, to have Ellen Van Dyke on this podcast, it's been 10, mi- I think 10 years since I was teammates with her, but it was almost like this weird fangirl moment because... She no, honestly, she's just achieved so much in her career, yeah. and she's still going. And you know, and just announcing her pregnancy, it's like just been a beautiful thing to watch her journey in the sport, and how like you know, when she entered the sport, she really started out um, quite young. I think eighteen, nineteen, she turned pro, and she was already one of the big names in the peloton in HTC High Road back then. And then she kind of went into this more domestique role after winning that world title the first time in 2013. Um, And now it's like she's had this second wind in her career and, you know, two back-to-back world titles and now she's becoming a mom. It sounds like she has big plans for when she comes back to the sport. So, yeah, she got her eyes on Paris 2024. Yeah, so... And we talked a little bit about uh, about her post baby career and her her fears and her excitements. And uh, she had some hot takes on the podcast. Socks over or under. She <laughs> picked a side. Um, and it was yeah, it was incredible to have her on. I I feel like I didn't believe that it was going to happen until she, her face was literally on my computer screen. But she's yeah, she she's phenomenal. She was. She was really, really fun to have on the podcast. It was also super fun to do a live with with listeners because obviously we want your guys' questions for when we open every podcast with listener questions, but to see them in real time was pretty cool. (laughs) Hopefully, yeah, hopefully we'll be able to do more live viewings in the future with with that and hopefully pull in a couple more pros. Although I do, I do hope we get Ellen back. I feel like we had, I had so many questions bouncing around in my head. And then as soon as she was there, I was, I was drawn a blank. I was so nervous. <laughs> I feel like Ellen will come back because, uh, you know, she, she's a newbie to podcasting and she's going to start her own podcast in Dutch, which is really cool with uh, former pro Roxanne Kinnedeman. Um, and so, She's going to need some tips, I'm sure of it. Yeah, she needs our expertise. Yeah. We're going to be the experts this time. Both- <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, we could also we also can give her mothering tips. Yes. So we got two things up on her. We both have babies already, and we've been podcasting since 2017. Maybe we can start so. a WhatsApp group and become, like, best friends. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you imagine? <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We don't have listener questions today because they were obviously during the live. So we're going to dive into watching Get Web again with Ellen. And we will be back next week to talk about Flanders. Ba-dum-bum. With the crew, Very excited. With the crew. We'll be back with Gracie and we have Matt Deneef on next week, which is going to be really, really fun. Flanders is going to be awesome. Check out Escape Collective for the preview. And yeah, Lauren, thanks for being my partner today. It's like the old days. Rewind like five years. I think five years, six years. We're getting old. Let's let's talk about what's happening in this bike race. So we've got like 27k to go. We've got a solo rider off the front. 
Lauren, you called this. I did. I looked at the weather forecast. I wanted to be prepared. And I mean, yeah, we've spoken about racing in Belgium and how weather conditions and and bad luck and things like that can play into the solo move actually going and sticking. Um, but it's looking like, um, I mean, I didn't pick a solo winner. Actually, that was Tilda that did. But I said I thought today could be actually um, perfect for it. And, yeah, Marlon Russo, um, silver medalist at the Worlds and broad medalist at the Worlds is now off the front with 2 minutes and 11 seconds. And um, it looks like the group behind, you know, Canyon Shram have four riders, I think Jumbo Visma. Um, it's going to be a question of whether people get organised. And for, for me, I can see her staying out there, to be honest. I'm curious how Ellen sees this panning out. Yeah, um, it's funny that you uh, already said this beforehand, before the race, because I also thought today could really be a day for a solo rider again. Uh, we saw it in the last two World Tour races, in the Panna and in uh, Rafael Binda, that the solo rider won. Um, but always the solo rider needs to have a strong team behind her. And yeah, I thought today needs to be a rider who is really tough, who can yeah, do a good time trial. And I definitely thought about Marlene Reuser. Especially because, uh, yeah, her team, if she would have Lotte Kopecki, Lorena Wiebes behind her, then all the other teams um, seem to be, yeah, kind of, uh, yeah, I don't know. But sometimes I wonder because I feel like, why does not everybody straight away go and just go and fight and, and try to get somebody back? Uh, but it's also easy to say uh, from behind the TV. But at the same time, I sometimes miss a little bit the fighting spirit. I know that if they will try everything to bring Marlon Reuser back, that then for sure there are these other two sprinters. But at least try. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it's not to say if it doesn't come back that even if you don't have a sprinter that you think could potentially win, you've still got to then try and send riders up the road. I mean, Canyon Tram have four riders there, Jumbo Visma. I wouldn't say that if it came back together, you know, they're going to necessarily have the rider to take the bunch win. But um, why do you think that is, that that's stalling in the mentality? Yeah, it's something that I, I realize quite a lot in the, in the women's peloton, in, in quite a lot of the races. Um, and sometimes maybe they just can't. I, I can't always see that. But sometimes I think, I don't know, it's just some kind of way of racing that I don't like, that I feel like, come on, just at least try and die and then you will yeah. find out if it's uh if it's not working or not but uh yeah i see fdj is riding um the big group behind a little bit now but it's yeah it's not full gas uh chasing and also other teams are not working together with them well i think that's their only chance because if i see the situation now it seems like it's done i mean Reuser is an excellent time trialist, so two minutes, yeah, and 25k, I, I don't see that anybody will bring this back, actually. Do you think, like, in these moments, this is where you need someone who, like, I, I don't know, the, the not the queen of the peloton, but I remember Ina being the person when she was racing who would rally people and be like, come on, you need to put yeah. one or two riders from your team in, and we're going for it now. Yeah, I think that's uh, something you say there, which is uh, yeah, which is very true. There needs to be a rider that a lot of other teams and riders look up to, and that that think like, oh yeah, if she says it, yeah, we better do that, yeah, because otherwise, uh, yeah, maybe we're we're done. And um, it's actually it's yeah, it sounds quite stupid that you need somebody like that maybe, but because in the end, it's also the team directors in the car eh, that's. That needs to make the decision that 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 the, that the riders need to need to chase and need to ride, but also the team directors in the car they do not always have the overview and they are always 30 seconds behind at least with the TV. So, yeah, before they can say something, then yeah, it's the moment has already happened sometimes. Mm. But yeah, I mean the the captains on the road in the teams they are super important for the for the decisions. And yeah, um, if they are not uh, super, uh, uh, yeah, chasing like, if they don't like to chase straight away, then for sure it's going to be a bit of a lame race. What are the qualities that make a captain on the road? Because we've talked about it a lot on the podcast, the difference between a captain on the road and a leader on the road, someone who's going to win. And it's not always the same person. 
No, no. Normally, it's never the same person because a captain needs to have the overview and needs to make decisions. Uh, well, a leader really needs to focus on performing and, and not having to spend energy on making decisions or other stuff. So you should really have somebody that you completely trust as a, as a captain. Um, and yeah, it really has to be somebody who has um, yeah, a good overview in the race and can is not scared to make decisions. So who can just straight away say, now we're going to do this, now we're going to do that. I think some riders, uh, for example myself, if I'm suffering... I think uh, only half of my brain is working or maybe less. <laughs> and some riders, uh, they always have the overview. So, yeah, I don't think I would be a great captain because I just do not always see everything. Um, but other riders, for example, like Lucinda Brandt in our team, she is a great captain because she always sees what's what's happening and, uh, and she can also um, uh, look into the future a little bit or um, expect what's going to happen often a, a conflict between the DS and the captain in those crucial moments? Um, it can be, but usually it's afterwards, maybe, because also the team directors should uh, trust the captain 100% because the captain needs to make the moments in or the decisions in the moment. And like I said before, the DS does not always have the have the complete overview is not there in the moment that the decision needs to be taken so yeah actually they they like it when the captains take the decisions because um yeah that's that's way more accurate than whatever they can see yeah so i mean we, we have 23 kilometers to go and russo is holding this gap at 211 i mean is it done and dusted could we say <laughs> for me yes yeah the gap is for sure not uh, decreasing it's at least staying the same uh, for sure now there will be there will be a part with a lot of crosswinds uh, strong winds i think um, but yeah we know Roger, she's super strong um, and yeah i don't see a, a super organized chase behind so yeah for me uh, for me it's done for those for people who don't uh, race their bike in these conditions <laughs> Why is it that you guys both called a a solo winner or a small break to win with the weather today? Yeah, so this weather takes a lot of energy out of you. And therefore, it's also sometimes easy to say, why are they not riding? Why are they not doing anything? But sometimes they are just yeah, uh, too tired and they can't really do anything anymore. Um, but at the same time, yeah, if you're still riding in this group, then you you at least can do something. I, that's my opinion. But um, it it really is hard to imagine how much energy it takes out of you. Your hands are frozen. It's hard to shift. It's hard to drink. It's hard to eat. Um, you're wet from the start of the of the race already. So yeah, you're suffering physically and mentally. Um, yeah, and some are suffering more from that than others, physically and mentally also. Um, oh, crash! I see. Especially in the corner where Marlon Reuser also uh, had an interesting corner. Um, yeah, so it's it's something that just takes really a lot of energy out of you. And I think that's also been a factor today in which I considered in these particular races, like if, if it is wet and it is windy, we saw it in the men's racing as well, there have been a lot of crashes today. And that impacts riders because quite a few of these riders who were seen in the front group have made their way back again and have potentially crashed twice today. So I think, it, you know, it does take a mental toll by this point of the race. You've already been out there for hours and those stack me decisions that you would maybe make um, early in the race and different conditions aren't coming. You can just sort of see it in the demeanor of the riders too. Some are trying, but there's just no cohesion yeah, but then if I look at this group and I see, for example, four of Jumbo Visma, I don't see them riding at all. And this this is something I just cannot get to with my head. Like, why are you racing if you're all there and you're not chasing? Like, yeah, these kind of things I really would like to know what team directors are saying to their riders or what the riders are thinking. That's uh, To me, it's really interesting. Uh, but clearly it would be different if Voss was there because if Voss was there... I mean, even if she didn't have the legs to win, I think that she would not allow her teammates to sit back. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I, I can imagine that. Yeah. Um, but then in, uh, in one way, I think it's a little sad that you need somebody like that to actually really race. But I think it's true. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess there's multiple teams in there that there's, I mean, there's how many four Canyon SRAM riders yeah. that I guess also. if there is that that whole aspect of Weebus, Weebus being in there and not wanting to really pull her to the finish line, but yeah, the we've seen a bit of negative racing this year and I, and I think it's, you know, normal. We see it all the time, but, um, three races in a row. I mean, I personally didn't really think that you could say I, we were talking a little bit in the discord and with people with the escape, we had some chats going on about the negative racing at Depana, And I didn't think that that was quite this bad. No, I think yeah, Depana was, and- was a good race. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good Yeah, race. it was really exciting. Yeah. Yeah, it was really cool to see. And also, um, Trofeo Binda was also a really cool race to see in that, uh, in that way. And I think it was also needed because otherwise, uh, yeah, you get disappointed in the racing a little bit. How cool was it for you to see Sharon win Binda, having been her teammate for a couple of years and like watched her grow as a rider and she took her first world to her win? And maybe you weren't there to experience it in, in person, but you did get to watch it on TV. Yeah, it was super exciting. Also because I know how how big of a talent she is. Um, she works really hard for it. She's super motivated and she's a real winner. Um, but the way she did it, she actually, it was it was an action for the team. And the team was riding so well in Trofeo Binda. They were aggressive. They were making the race. They were making the difference. And uh, yeah, Shirin just was so strong that day. And she really deserved that win also. So it was super exciting to see her holding that gap. And also to see her just being stubborn. like Because I think she had like six or seven seconds for a while. And she just kept on going. She put her head down and... She just went for it. And uh, yeah, that's the way to win races. And, and to see her riding like that was, was super cool. And also for her to have the security with Balsamo behind her, of course, that uh, that gives some rest. And uh, yeah, for her, it didn't matter if she would have been caught because then uh, we still had Balsamo as a, uh, yeah, as the leader of that race, actually. So it was it was the perfect scenario. How was being in the car for Depena? Was that an interesting... Way to watch the race for you. Yeah, so um, the first time I joined the car, uh, or I joined Ina in the car, was in Valencia. I did one stage there. This was my second time. Uh, in the meantime, we see some echelon action in the in the chase group, I see. So that will be interesting, but it seems like there's no real cooperation. So, yeah, it will be hard to... Uh, to really make good excellence, I think, but it will be interesting to see. Um, but yeah, uh, being in the car for me um, was a special experience. I was uh, super scared, to be honest, <laughs> driving like crazy in this caravan. Um, but it was it was nice to to know how it is for team directors uh, to to ride behind uh, to ride behind the race and to see what they actually get from the race. Yeah, it's also good. I think every it would be good for every rider to experience it once. Is this something we might see in the future, Ellen? You behind the <laughs> race car? So, yeah, I was thinking about that and I thought, mm, not really my thing. I think, you know, <laughs> uh, being in a car for so long, oh man, I was exhausted. I really preferred to ride my bike then. <laughs> and uh, yeah, also, yeah, I don't know. It's a lot of organization. I think you have to do as a DS. It's, uh, yeah, uh, I don't think, it, it's not something I really, uh, I really would like to do. It's not like, oh, wow, if I could ever do that, no. Uh, I would like to to work in cycling, I think, but uh, a team director is not my uh, my first choice. Yeah, that was uh, actually a point I brought up with Yolin Dehora, and she loves it. She loves being, you know, behind the wheel. And I I said to her, "What about the long days, though?" And yeah. it doesn't seem to phase her because I tried my hand at a little bit of DSing, and that was the one thing that got to me was it was a lot of time behind the the wheel of the car and if you're way back in the caravan you see nothing and yeah maybe a rider occasionally comes back but um yeah yeah no that's uh, yeah it was also my experience i was not like oh i wish i could do this every week <laughs> also i was driving in the morning from my own place and in the evening i was driving back so in the end i had 12 hours in the car that day so it was a bit challenging um but yeah also i i don't know there was a lot of stress in the car for me at least uh when there's a flat tire or when 
uh, yeah, when the, the car has to come back into the position and there are uh, dropped riders, there are motors, there are cars everywhere. Um, so yeah, I was actually a lot of times with the start list in front of my face to not see where we, where we were going because <laughs> I was too scared to watch it. <laughs> Looks like this group is splitting up, but I think it's far too late for them to come back. But yes. it does look like we'll see a sprint for second. Yeah, exactly. They are definitely racing for second because you see also there's no cooperation in this echelon. And um, yeah, it's the group is getting smaller, that's for sure. But it's not an organized chase. It's just uh, making, yeah, dropping and other riders. The gap is still the same. The gap is not getting any smaller. Um, so yeah, this is never. This is not. This is not going anywhere. Then you see some some attacks from solo riders, which doesn't make sense at all, especially not on this side of the road. <laughs> Sorry to say, but uh, yeah, it's just when you watch TV, sometimes you think, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Well, but when you're in the race, it's a lot harder to to make these decisions when you're on the on the very limit. And I think a lot of these riders are on their very limit. Are, are you watching the situation and wishing that you were there to make a difference? Mm, today, yes. I mean, I, yeah, I have to say um, a race like this, this race I always had a little bit of a love-hate relationship with because I always expected a lot from it. I always thought, oh yeah, this is... Uh, this is a race where you can really make a difference. And if you're strong, you can win it solo. But in the end, it always became a bunch of sprints in the last couple of years. So I was always disappointed after the finish. Uh, but then I thought today with these weather circumstances, it's really a chance for a solo breakaway, I think. Uh, and it shows. Um, but yeah, it's always easy, easy to say when you're not there that you uh, you could have done something. But um, yeah, I think a race like this, these are these are my kind of races. So on days like this, I I would think like, yeah, this uh, here I would love to be. But at the same time, I see a lot of crashes happening and everything. And when I see that, I'm like, oh, I'm happy I'm not there. <laughs> yeah, it's a. Uh... It's interesting that it's Marlon of the road because I I see her as your biggest rival in the peloton in terms of style of rider and obviously time trialing ability. Yeah, we are pretty similar in our um, time trial ability. So that's of course why we also look at each other a little bit. Uh, and sometimes when she goes, I, I uh, take her back. And sometimes when I go, she, she takes me back. So that's also uh, a thing. And it's not that we don't like each other because I, I really like her, actually. And I have a lot of respect for her. But we are similar riders. So, yeah, you are a lot of times in this, you will find yourself in the same situation. So, um, yeah, whenever she does a great attack, I, I would always feel like, oh, shit, I could have done that. Yeah, that's, uh, that's something <laughs> for sure. Yeah. It's funny, Gracie Elvin used to always say that about Chantal Block, and there was like a period where they were always in similar moves together because similar riders and the way that they like to try and win a race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of riders have somebody in the peloton that they kind of relate to. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, some riders, they are they have the same, um, yeah, same characteristics. So then you will find each other uh, quite often together. Oh, that'd be interesting to watch for to watch for whoever's riding around someone else all the time yeah yeah true yeah yeah uh yeah it's interesting that now there's a small group off the front that they and they are still for sure racing for second it's not like they are gonna close this to uh, two minutes but at least uh yeah they're doing something back there which is nice to see um yeah also kenyan to be honest kenyan SRAM often they 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 are Somewhere in the front, but they, they never really, in the last couple of years, they almost never won a race. But I think this year they have some new team directors and I think it, uh, or I hope it will, uh, will help them to, to race more aggressive and try more. Um, because yeah, I think that's a team which really has the potential also to win races. Um, but yeah, somehow the last couple of years, they, they almost didn't win anything. Yeah, we've talked a bit about that in the last couple episodes, just that we, the, with the lineup that they have had in the past couple of years, it's a bit disappointing that they aren't more active in races because they have so much behind them that you'd think that they would be one of the stronger teams in the Peloton. And it's the way it's shaken out is just kind of that there's ST Works and there's Trek Segafredo and 
it's rare that another team comes close. And last year, obviously, FDJ Suez did a really, really good job of challenging the top two teams. But you always expect Canyon Stram to be up there as well with the riders that they have, and they and they never really are. And it's kind of a bummer. And yeah. we, we have wondered how they can, what they can change that would help them to win races, to be on the top step more and to be kind of at the pointy end of the race more. Yeah, no, I think that's a good question you asked there. And uh, yeah, like I say, I think they have to answer that. I think it's part of or I don't, I don't really know what's going on in this group of riders. Uh, I do think that, um, yeah, that there, are, there's a lot more into the team that, uh, than that, than is actually coming out. Um, yeah, and at the same time this year, I saw Jumbo Visma racing pretty negative so far. Maybe, like you said, because Mariana is not there yet, but many times they are with a couple of riders in the second group and they just sit in. They don't do anything. And this is something that I don't understand and that I also wonder what the, what the car is saying behind or what, what their plan is with that. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe they are busy with uh, talent development. But yeah, even then, in my opinion, you should always, uh, yeah, make, yeah, learn them that they need to race for the win. Um, so yeah, it will be interesting also to know what their thoughts behind that are. Is it just a case of, for a lot of these teams, the, the DS saying, it's not your responsibility? It's not your responsibility. Yeah, that's what I would think, because I don't know why else they would just sit in. Um, but yeah, it seems like, all the teams think it's not their responsibility. Um, and that's, yeah, of course, team uh, SD Works is super strong. They have a lot of super strong riders together. Uh, Trekseke Fredo is very strong. Um, yeah, and then FTG, like you said, is also uh, possibly a very strong team, but maybe not so much for the classics. Um, DSM is actually riding super, super well this year, I have to say, with the mm-hmm. young riders they have. Um, I think that's super cool to see. They, they are really racing well. Um, but yeah, uh, from other teams, I, I would really expect more. I'd say that one team that I'm happy to see up in the mix now is Uno X. Like, we didn't yeah. really see them up there much. And then this year, it seems, you know, they've got some new riders and they're there. They're in the mix. They've got someone in the second group. Yeah, um, I saw... Also, Eleanor Barker is in here, and she just had a baby last year, and that's awesome. Ooh, and also, yeah. Pfeiffer is in here, and she crashed how many times today? Three Twice? times today? Three She's times? been on the ground so many times today. This is, like, wow. really impressive for yeah, both of them. Yeah, exactly. She's in a great shape. And Eleanor Barker is... Oh, crash. Oops. SD works. Ay, ay, ay. Um... Yeah, um, that's a lot of Kopecky crashing there, I think. And also Lorena Wiebes and another one. So now the chase should be full on anyway, but uh, <laughs> yeah, well, it's too late anyways. Uh, it's never good to see people crashing, but it seems to be all right. Yeah, just in the, I think, in the ditch. That, oh, Lorena. Oh. It looked yeah. heavy though, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, but um, yeah, also really cool to see Eleanor Barker up there. And also I saw uh, Amelia Diederikse in the Panne riding super well again, which mm. was great to see because uh, last year she um, yeah, she actually uh, did not uh, reach her potential. Oh, I see also Balsamo crashed. Shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so yeah, a lot of the favorites actually crashed there. Um yeah, like uh, somebody like Diederiksen uh, is seems to be back, uh, getting back to her level, which is really nice to see. And yeah, somebody like Eleanor Barker is super exciting. I think uh, when you, of course, uh, for somebody like me, it's nice to see when uh, mamas are getting getting back to their level or getting even better sometimes. Is that something that you were nervous about, or because you've seen like Lizzie um, coming back twice and other mums doing it that? You're not too worried about how long it will take or your condition. Um, yeah, for sure. It's something completely new for me. So I really don't know what to expect from it. But I do expect that getting back to my level is not going to be the real problem. But um, for sure, the, the big life change of getting organized in a different way and uh, going away from home. 
these kind of things, I think, are more of the challenges than, than getting back to the physical level. I even do believe that you get stronger after pregnancy. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel a lot of changes in my body already. So, uh, yeah, I, I do believe that. Um, and also, I feel like I would have the, yeah, the ability to train good enough to, to, uh, to get back to that level. But yeah, for sure, uh, all the other stuff around it, that will be something completely new. Well, if if you want any tips or baby talk, just make sure you listen to this podcast from here on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, talk, you, you we, we open each episode with a little bit of baby talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, funny. I like it. Of course, everything about babies is interesting for me now. <laughs> <laughs> They're crazy. They, I mean, you think you've got everything under control and then from yeah. day to day, it changes like really fast yeah i can imagine you have to be uh, super flexible in your mindset and in uh, your planning and in everything because even now already i would plan my training and think oh i can do this and then i can do that and then i can do that and then i realize oh no i'm way too tired for this um, <laughs> but yeah that's only the beginning i guess <laughs> yeah yesterday i was making lila dinner and she was being really quiet and i was like man that's weird I, usually she bangs things like she loves banging things on the floor, banging things on the walls. And I was like, there's no banging happening. And I wandered over and she'd crawled into the bathroom, pulled all the toilet paper off the roll and was eating it. No, really? <laughs> At least she wasn't in the toilet bowl. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, it was. <laughs> she's not figured that out yet. But it was the first time she discovered toilet paper. She was very excited about it. It was everywhere. It was really fun. Luckily, she didn't actually ingest any. I got to her in time, um, but it was pretty. It it's was pretty a funny, funny. Story. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Um, I have to say, before the race finishes, I was thinking about Marlon Russo when Tilda said Grace Brown, because it's a similar style of winning, right? We've seen mm -hmm. Grace win a race like this, and then I thought, why haven't we spoken about Russo much this year? I think her teammates are so dominant that she just kind of gets overlooked a little bit. Like with with Webus and Kopecky's been riding so well this year that I feel like between the two of them, you just kind of overlook the other riders on the team, even though every time SC Works lines up for a race, they could win with any of the riders that they have on the roster. Uh, that's true, but also she didn't race so much yet. She just comes uh, from altitude. She's been in Sierra Nevada for more than three weeks, also with uh, Demi Follering. Um, so I think she raced Nieuwsblad and Hageland, and then I think she left already for uh, for Altitude. So that's maybe why you also didn't uh, see her so much. That's another thing that's been shifting so much in, in the women's peloton, um, is going to Altitude to train. I feel like that's something that's been happening more and more and more for more riders in the last couple of years. Mm. Yeah, also now I think there at this moment there are lots of riders on the Tide again on Altitude camps. Um, yeah, and it's also a little bit, uh, you see people following examples. So, for example, um, Anamik is a lot on altitude and, uh, yeah, obviously she is going well with that. Um, and, yeah, then other riders uh, are copying that, uh, hoping for the same results, I think. I'm really curious after this race, like, I mean, it's done and dusted. We just basically now need to pick who's going to get second, right? Yeah. Um, what your thoughts are going to be on Flanders next week? Because that's obviously, it's a very special race in the calendar and, you know, it's a race that you've won, I think, 10 years ago this year? Uh, yeah, 20? 2014, was it? 14. Yeah, so 19, yeah. nine years ago. Yeah, a long time yeah. ago. So, yeah, at that, um, time, at that time, I was also in a really strong team, Bulls Dolmans, together with Lizzie Dijkman, and that's one of the key uh, things you need to win this race, I think. And this will be the same for, um, uh, yeah, for SD Works again this year, I feel like. Um, I hope for that Trek Segafredo, of course, is, uh, is going to race super well. Also with um, uh, Elisa Longo Boghini coming back after sickness. Um, but yeah, to be honest, I have to say somehow SD Works really has something with this race, with Tour of Flanders. It's like Trek Segafredo has something with Roubaix. Um, yeah, and, and somehow SD Works is always at the, at the appointment there at the, in the Tour of Flanders. So 
Um, yeah, and you know they have a really strong team. Kopecky is in great shape. Wiebes, now you see obviously Reuser, Vollering will come back. Um, yeah, it will also be interesting to see how Annemiek van Vleuten is after her um, altitude camp again. Uh, she wasn't super in super shape yet before she went there, but yeah, things can change a lot in three weeks. So we will find out. And um, yeah, Trexe Gafredo with... Uh, oh no! Oh sorry! <laughs> Reuser is going the wrong way. I don't know if you oh. see it, but she's... Maybe oh. I spoke too soon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Reuser. Uh, she has enough time though. Okay. But she took another 30, 30 seconds, I think. Oh yeah. <laughs> she must also be suffering. Yeah, uh, she will still win it. She has enough uh, enough time. Oh no, I'm late. My stream is delayed. Ah, uh, yeah. I knew it was coming, and I how you know. how is Ellen thirty? Like I'm thirty seconds back as well. Yeah, so I'm not watching. She's closer to the race. Wait, no, Lauren, you're yeah. close to the race too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. I'm in the same country. Maybe it's because I'm actually in the. I'm in Hilversum, where the NOS and everything is. Uh, I don't ah. know if it makes just a, a difference, but I'm here because I need to record a podcast after this as well. Um, oh. Yeah, I'm going to start a podcast Oh, well, we got as well. you first, so. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, because I'm going to start a podcast in Dutch, so we're not concurrent, so no problem. Together with... Oh, uh, shoot, we, I Roxana can't listen Knetelman. to it. I don't... Yeah. Oh, <laughs> nice. that'll be really cool. Yeah, so we're going to try the first uh, episode today. Very cool. Yeah. Well, for any of our Dutch listeners, I don't think we have that many. Well, it would be Dutch good listeners. for my Dutch. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you will. I'll say more um, Netherlands parts then. Yeah, yeah, okay. very good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we will try our best. Yeah. Someone um, did ask uh, when when you yell at when riders yell at each other in the peloton, what language do they usually yell at each other in? Combination. <laughs> yeah, combination. Too, it too. is really. Yeah, also Italian, but to yeah. be honest, I have to say when I'm in racing, I'm, my whole brain is in English mode because you get English through the radio, you talk English to your teammates, and yeah, when something's happening, I straight away reacting, watch out, or, or stuff like that. But I think maybe when something's really dangerous, I will I will yeah. shout in Dutch sometimes, yeah. But I mean, yeah. from the tone of the voice, you understand what people, yeah. <laughs> people are saying. <laughs> I find actually with my son, like there's some things that are just always in Dutch now. I don't know why. So getting confused, I think. Yeah. So he will, um, he's raised in two languages, I guess. Or three, if you count the, the dialect from Bruges, because, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So he'll be, he's a bilingual baby, but the, the words that he has at the moment, it's all Dutch. So, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of nay going on. Nay. Everything is nay. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a face like that, I think. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm so excited to see Megan Jastrab up in this up in this group. I was teammates with her uh in twenty nineteen and she is just such an incredible talent. Like just so good. Lauren, I don't know if you raced um the Redlands Classic when it had mm-hmm. the Highlands circuit that ended on the like really That's steep. Really steep one. Mm-hmm. She won that stage with junior gearing against like, you know, That's impressive. elite riders on not junior. Yeah, it yeah. was really, really impressive. She's such an impressive rider. And yeah. I just love to see her up here. Yeah, also last uh, Wednesday or Thursday, I have to say, uh, she was mm-hmm. racing super well. It was really cool to see um, because she's still quite young, right? She's still, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And she's 20? a big talent for sure. 21. Yeah, Thank it's you. it's. It's been really fun to see these younger riders. Like I was so stoked for Pfeiffer Georgie because yeah. she has worked so hard on that team and was an integral part in all those wins last year for Lorena. And for her to get that opportunity was just great. And we're going to see more from her. And, and also it's just great to mix it up and see different winners instead of always going, is it going to be Balsamo or is it going to be Weebers or Kopecky? Yeah, I totally agree. Of course, uh, I like to see my teammates win. Uh, that's number one. But I, I, of course, I always cheer for the attackers and for the ones who, uh, especially somebody like Five Jordi, she, yeah, she works so much for others. And yeah, I think she, it seems like she never complains about that. I, to be honest, I know some riders who are always talking about the fact that they are riding for others. And I think if you're talking about it, 
then most of the times it's not really true because if it's true, you don't need to talk about it so much. Um, but yeah, she actually is somebody who really does a lot for others. And uh, and then it's so cool to see that somebody like her actually gets her chance, takes her chance and, and finishes off and wins a big race like that. Yeah, that's that's very well deserved. The shift in DSM with Lorena moving over to SC Works has been really interesting because obviously we've also seen Charlotte Cool win two stages of the UAE Tour and she got a couple opportunities last year but was mainly the lead-out woman for, for Lorena. And so it's the DSM has impressed me this year, even though I I was hesitant going into the year because of how many young riders they picked up. Usually that's kind of like a development you look at a team like that and you think, okay, well, they're going through a transition year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I totally agree. And and there's something that they, they, they are super good in developing young riders. And I think in one way it's been good that Lorena Wiebes is not in the team anymore because now you see all these other riders stepping up and taking their chance. And uh, yeah, and you, you actually see that they reach more, more of their potential than they did before maybe. And that's, uh, yeah, super exciting to watch. And also... Uh, yeah, big kudos to the team for for um, yeah making them race so well. Actually, is it the same DS because it's yeah? Um, I know it, it's it Albert Timmer. Albert uh-huh. Timmer is the DS there, and I don't know they they must have more. But uh, Albert Timmer was already a DS there. Uh, but I think also just their way of of racing is different now. They don't need to go for a sprint every time anymore. Um, you have to is, diversify. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. In the meantime, I see uh, Royster asking uh, the camera how much of uh, gap <laughs> she has. <laughs> well, it's enough. So uh, she doesn't know yet, but she has more than enough time. She's in the last K here already. Um, she can but post yeah, I mean, 500 to go. Yeah. She could have gone farther down that side street and really seen what was down there. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> she had time, you know. But I mean, uh, yeah, this is also super impressive. Uh, she's riding, uh, I think, almost 40k solo. And to see somebody win like this, that's for me, that's the best way to win a race. That's so cool. And uh, yeah, I mean, if somebody deserves it, it's for sure. Uh, it's for sure her today. She she really really raced for it. So yeah, it's an, a very exciting win, I think. She seems to be super relieved to be near the finish now. <laughs> and I can totally imagine. I think one one listener has uh, said we'll get to the questions afterwards, but um, we're because we're twenty five seconds ahead, we're getting yeah. the the information before they're seeing it. Yeah, but I mean we predicted it's just now a case of actually who's going to take that that second place. Um, yeah, I do want to ask you, Ellen, since since we're watching the finish right now and we're seeing there are fans on the side of the road, but we've had this discussion previously about the women finishing after the men and do you have any feelings about that because we've i mean obviously today we got a ton of live coverage but we didn't get that for omloop which we pinned on the fact that the women raced after the men and so the live coverage was focused on the men for the large portion of the day but do you like finishing after the men or do you do you not really have any feelings on it uh, yeah, I think it's super positive for the sport. Uh, to be honest, as a rider, I didn't like it so much because you're waiting till two o'clock before you start or something. But yeah, that's not uh, that's not super important. I think you actually get a lot of, lot more viewers when you when you um, can watch it after the finish of the men because a lot of people like to see uh, more of the racing and and they will stick. Uh, well, I think if you start the the women first, then uh yeah then they will maybe switch to the men uh earlier i think ah sharin is doing an attack now in the last k but i think it's gonna be a sprint with this little group i don't know exactly who's in this group but it'll be interesting to see who's the fastest in it shari busat is there she she's pretty quick Megan yeah, yeah. jasper she's also pretty quick right megan is quick yeah ruby roseman ruby Gannon as is well quick. oh yeah, so yeah. there's yeah. a few fast finishes christine mayoris as well yeah so i mean eleanor is a track rider so she's got well. a little bit of a kick as well yeah yeah, yeah. oh wouldn't this would actually cool? be if this was the race for first it would be pretty <laughs> yeah. interesting to watch it coming to the line yeah exactly 
So yeah, I, I'm I've just got one k to go now. That's where I'm up to with my coverage. It's I'm on the G. Yeah, Lauren and I, Lauren and I are also delayed. For those of you watching, where <laughs> Ellen is not only quicker on the bike than all of us, she's also quicker <laughs> at watching the. We <laughs> <laughs> found a good stream here. Oh, the the other group is just coming back now. The big group is just coming back in the last four hundred meters. Yeah, I was gonna say. They're yeah, looking at each other so right much that they're going to get caught from behind. Well, I mean, in this situation, like with, if DSM, if you've got two there, would you have one rider just riding as hard as you can for the last 500 meters to make sure that the group doesn't come back? Yeah, I think so. I see somebody of DSM is taking second now. Uh, or, or is still Charlotte Paul who was there? I don't know. Number 203. But I don't have a start list here. <laughs> Megan! Yeah, again. Yes, having a good week. Yeah. Yeah, huge. Oh, that's so exciting for her. Ugh, man, I'm excited to see what she does in the future. Yeah, was it yeah, Mike Vandenden? The yeah. Another really big result then, actually. So. That was, that was a great... I mean, the fact... Well... First of all, SC Works didn't get one too, which is a thing that we've seen quite a few times this season. So I'm excited we got to see a fun race for for a second. But I am I'm really really excited for Marlon Russa. I feel like she, I was picking her last year for tons of races because I was like she's gonna win a World Tour one day at one point, and so I was uh, just a year early, I guess. Oh, this is super nice with the, the hug between Pfeiffer and Megan. They're in that break together on Thursday and, you know, five for one and now Megan's on the podium. She's so stoked. I love this. Yeah. yeah, it's cool to see when riders are really happy for each other and you can see there's a great team spirit in DSM. That's really something you, uh, that's not a, not a show, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you can tell, you can tell as a rider looking at other teams when when a team is not working together. Yeah, and you see that often at the dinner table too, um, or the breakfast table, mm. I should say. Silence yeah. at the dinner table. You know, yeah. the teams that are gelling and having fun and have, you know, a good personal relationship, which I'm assuming, Ellen, that's the case on Trek Segafredo. From the outside, it looks like you clearly gel well off the bike, and that's translating to what's happening on the bike too. Uh, yeah, of course, uh, that's true. Uh, but also sometimes you see teams really trying to uh, to get this picture outside, you know, and then sometimes when it's too much, you also realize that, yeah, it's too much and probably it's not true. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, yeah, to be honest, I mean, as they were, they are the best team and they are super professional and they are racing super great together. But after Strada, Bianca, Bianchi, I think all the social media stuff about uh, Lotte Kopecki and Jamie following being best friends and everything, to me, it's a bit too much. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask you about that. I was going to say, I don't know if you can give us any inside information on that, but that was a pretty, pretty interesting dynamic that we saw. And uh, Yeah, for sure. There was debates going on all week about yeah, <laughs> do they actually get along? Will will they in the future? Will they like second guess working for each other because of that moment? Yeah, and I, I don't have any inside information, so I don't know. <laughs> any, uh, no, actually, they're really not. <laughs> but um, it's just what I see from the outside. And I think if somebody like this would happen to me, I would not be happy with my teammate. And it's not. And women don't forget so easily, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, I, that's just my opinion. But. Uh, yeah, uh, for sure they're all professional enough to, to finish off the race as well and I don't think we will get to see a lot of problems or other things uh, because of this, but yeah, it was for sure interesting to see We're going to see some uh, interesting riding up the Quermont next week I think Yeah, yeah, that's, uh... yeah. I want to talk about <laughs> Flanders Let's talk about Flanders Let's make predictions Oh man, Swinkles for third <laughs> That was my pick for oh, the win. Oh, that's, it, right? <laughs> that's really cool. That's <laughs> I picked uh, Caroline. Smiles. Ah, okay. Oh, that's that's a big result for her as well. That's also cool. <laughs> that's that's a. Uh, I I picked her completely randomly because I just thought she was having a good year. Yes, this she year. does. Yeah, it's a it's a great result. Yeah, I mean that makes me closest 
of all of the Wheel Talk podcast <laughs> predictions, I feel. Look, I'm going to take a little bit of something from the offline chat, but maybe I need to go with my gut more. <laughs> yeah, you got to go yeah, with your gut, damn. Lauren. No, it was, it was uh, even though it was a solo from, what, 40Ks to go? Yeah, yeah almost, yeah. All right, let's talk a little bit about Flanders because I, I want to talk about, I mean, we talked a bit about it already and that SD Works is going to be hard to beat. But Ellen, as someone who's who's been in the Peloton, who's raced against SD Works, who's beaten SD Works, how, how can SD Works get beaten at Flanders next weekend? Um, yeah, for sure. Um, uh, on the climbs uh, will be the biggest challenge and also early breakaways are the, are the best um the best options, I think, because you know they are they are the strongest when in the depth. You know they have a lot of strong riders next to each other, um, so this is something they can always play out, um, and that and that you know as as other teams. So you need to be ahead of it, or just be uh, way stronger on the climbs, or, or make a difference somewhere else. Um, yeah, and then you will look soon to somebody like uh, Annemiek van Vleuten, Elisa Longobokini, um, yeah, Kasia Nieuwedoma doesn't seem to be that much stronger today so yeah uh, i also uh, don't know how how good how well recovered uh, elisa is so um yeah that th- those are all question marks i'm curious as well to see how liana lippet is going is she she hasn't crashed out or something recently she's just been training right yeah she was on altitude camp together with annemiek van vleuten and floortje uh-huh. Mackay. So yep. the three of them are for three weeks also on the tide. Um, mm-hmm. So it will be interesting to see how they how their shape is coming off the altitude camp. Yep, yep. They could be a good block as well. Yeah, and I wonder, I guess they, they'll line up for Drasdor Flandre maybe on Wednesday to, to have a bit of a hit out before the big one on Sunday. Yeah, that could be. That's always a nice, uh, nice race to uh, to see how the shape is and uh, how you if you're ready or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of it's a good thing and it can be a bad thing because if you don't have a good day, then you're like, hmm. Although, yeah. I mean, already by Ghent Welderham, you have a pretty clear idea of where your form is at and who to be looking at. It's a different race to Flanders, but still a, a sort of good indicator of who's in shape. Like yeah, really in one in week, shape. in one week time, the shape won't change so much, and you no. see that Lorena Wiebes, Lotte Kopecky, they are in great shape. Uh, Marlen Reuser, obviously, um, yep. and then it will be interesting to see how not all the riders were here who will be good in Flanders. So that that's something you don't know yet compared to how they are compared to these riders. I'm really excited to see if Voss, how Voss comes yeah. back. I mean, I know like her, she just only recently had the surgery but she wasn't looking too bad in Binda. No, she's weekend. good. What actually happened on the last lap in mechanical? Uh, I heard she had cramps, but I am not sure. I don't know her story. So, um yeah. No, I it, I don't think it was a mechanical. I think she just she just cra- cracked a bit or yeah, had some yeah. And I think she trained really well. She could still train long before the surgery or the whatever uh, helped her. Um, and after also, she trained really hard on the tide again. Um, but yeah, for sure, it's also a question mark and it will be interesting to see if she can reach her usual level already. But even then, to be honest, a race like Flanders is still, um, yeah, it's yeah. still on the limit for Mariana. No, she, I don't think she'll be there. Yeah, but I'm such a big fan. I know, she, I just can't <laughs> see her being there at the, the very, very end. Um, yeah, and, I mean, yeah. it would be really nice because I also really like her, but and especially when she has had a tough time like this. But um, yeah, um, yeah, I don't expect too much yet. I think there's there's so many question marks going into Flanders with every single team other than than SC Works. I mean, there was also a ton of crashes today. We don't know how how Brody's going to be after the crash today. Hopefully she's okay because she, I think she'd be an integral part of Flanders. She had such a great Flanders last year. Yeah, so I saw one rider of track uh, lying really bad on the ground, and you think it's that Brody? Was Brody. Oh, yeah. shit. That was Brody. Yeah, I saw her um, her national champ gloves. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, and Lucinda was in that crash as well, but she popped up really quick. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully Trek is able to still have a I mean they will have a strong team but hopefully Brody can be there yeah and um and yeah I think it'll be I mean we're going into kind of the the biggest races of the classics with a lot of question marks about a lot of teams (laughs) yeah 
yeah exactly yeah uh, and that's that's fun right it's good to know it's not not good to know when you not good when you know everything already before no but i do wish all the teams would gang up on sd works yeah. a little bit more yeah that would be nice <laughs> i agree just yeah. everyone together yeah. like if we just had the whole peloton gang up on us yeah but i think they need to to work all together uh, against sd works uh because yeah they are such a strong block that you need to work together to beat them how many years have we been saying this i even remember when it was balls dolmens having team meetings and it was yeah. like how are we going to beat them we yeah. need to like rally yeah they're at the top for a long long time already and yeah. there are for sure uh teams who, who can challenge them um, but yeah, it also like like I said, some for some reason they're always good at these classics, uh, and sometimes other classics a little less, like the Ardennes. Um, well, they also won a couple of them, I think. But uh, um, yeah, you also see some teams have qualities in in uh, in specific races. Before, so we've been we've been recording for a while now, and I want to get to a couple of these questions before we kind of wrap it up. Some uh, Tom Tom asked Ellen. In the middle of a non-technical TT, what goes through your head? Is it a distance countdown, song lyrics, random, oh, that's a bird, look at that tree thoughts, or something else? <laughs> uh, yeah, good uh, good question. Uh, it's been a while now, but um, mostly I, I just try to, to, to think about my breath, my, uh, my position, um, really focus on the tasks I have at hand. And don't try to think too much about how it's going or if I feel great or not or uh, or other things or and really do not get distracted by the birds on the road. That's uh, something really <laughs> bad. Uh, focus on the lines on on this kind of stuff and really stick to the task and uh, and don't don't get my mind distracted by stuff that uh, that's not helpful. Do you focus on uh, like keeping your your upper body still? Because I feel like that's something you know from watching time trials it's easy to tell when somebody's on a good day because their upper body is so still, they're so fluid with their movements. I mean, I remember watching the TT in Richmond when um, Linda Williamson won and watching how flawless she looked on a bike. And it was, you knew she was going to win before the race was even halfway through because she just looked so clean on the bike. Yeah, and I think that's what, like you say, that that's uh, the difference between uh, somebody who's in shape and who's going great and somebody who's not feeling good. Because it's not some something you, you actually consciously focus on, I think. It's something that's happening when you are riding well. Um, so you can you can try to focus on it, but if you have to focus on it, then usually uh, it, yeah, you're already not on the best day. All right. Someone else asked, socks over or under your leg warmers? Over and my socks over. For sure. <laughs> Always. Wow. <laughs> we have discussions like this in the in the team with the men a lot, which I like a lot. Lizzie and me are socks over and the men are socks under. Um, but yeah, they just don't know what fashion is. So. Hot take. That's a hot take. I, th I think a lot of people are going to be surprised yeah. by that. I also am a socks over person, so I'm, it's nice to hear. Um, but my husband is a socks under, and he thinks that I'm insane. I, I told you so. the the Trexic Freedom Man are socks under. <laughs> but stick to your point. Stick to your point. That's the most important. How often has Ellen worn her World Champs jersey? I mean, for a full year and then... Yeah, for a full year and I trained a lot in it. I really like to train on my TT bike as well. But uh, these days I don't ride my TT bike really anymore because it's getting already <laughs> less comfortable. Uh, and also there's not really a TT cool coming up soon. So, um, uh, yeah, um, by now almost not anymore. But in, the, in, yeah, in January, December, I still wore it quite, quite a lot. But, but unfortunately... This year, there's not a lot of times I, uh, I will wear it anymore. How has training been going? Yeah, training actually is going uh, pretty well. Uh, I just need to be a bit flexible with knowing that I cannot always do what I have in my head. Um, uh, but so far, I can still train quite well and, uh, and keep going. So I'm really happy with that. And uh, I really hope I can keep training until, uh, until the last moment, actually. Favorite music to listen to on the trainer? And then if anyone has like, we'll, we'll do... One more minute with the chat open. So if anyone has questions, throw them in there. I think we're probably we've probably got all of them. But mu favorite music to listen to on the trainer? My favorite music. Um, yeah, today actually I thought I was going to ride the trainer because it was raining so bad, 
But then in the end, I postponed it so much that uh, it was dry outside. So honestly, I I really hate to ride the trainer. Uh, but then <laughs> I have to, uh, yeah, uh, to, right now I was listening to some Dutch music, which is Suzanne and Freek, which you probably don't know. It's, it's oh, some, yeah. Yeah? Uh, yeah, you know it. Yeah, yeah I'm a bit into the, the Dutch music these days. Yeah. All right. Favorite cycle cross rider? Lucinda. Uh, Lucinda is my first part. Yeah. And Shirin also, of course. Yeah. My <laughs> yeah. teammates. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, maybe slightly biased, but they are pretty good. Yeah, they are too. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we'll wrap this up. It's been so amazing to have you on. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, this has been amazing. If you ever want to come back, <laughs> we would love to have you back. Yeah, it was yes. fun. It was fun with you too. Thank you. And if you're in Belgium again, Ellen, it would be really cool to see you. Yeah, I'm catching up sure. with Ina, I think tomorrow. So ah, cool. That I'll stay yeah. home for a little bit now, but um, yeah, I will probably get around, go around uh, anytime. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, cool. Thank you, girls, and uh, see you later. No, thank you. All right. All right. That was awesome. I want to thank everybody who listened in. That was so much fun. It was so great to have Eladon. If we do another live recording, give us your feedback, what you liked, what you thought could improve. Maybe we need to be on the same stream. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that that is a that's no spoilers and uh, and being able to. If somebody's stream is ahead, then I think that's something we can't control. Uh, but we definitely will hopefully be back for more because it's it's fun for us as well. Lauren and I had such a fun time last year doing the Tour de France Fem of X Zwift, and we will hopefully be able to pull in a couple other pros. Maybe we'll just go with the the pregnant the pregnant women who are sitting up the season. <laughs> we'll have Joss Loudon on the next episode. <laughs> Okay, well, I'll uh, Luca. You can you can end any time, um, or I think maybe I can end it. No, I can't. It has to be Luca. I'm pretty sure. You don't have the power. I don't have the power. 